I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Brian Coburn, Chief Executive Officer of Bridge. Let's begin, Brian, by telling us your background and how you got to where you are. Thanks, Robin, and thanks for having me along today. So, yes, I'm Brian Coburn. I'm the Chief Executive of Bridge. It's an independent payment orchestration platform designed to give businesses greater levels of agility and control over an increasingly fragmented and complicated payment landscape. So a bit of background uh, on myself. So I really had a a 30-year journey from T-Boy to global CIO for a multi-billion pound multinational public transport company. And during that time, one of the, the, the many roles that I performed was I led digital transformation projects to drive revenues from the traditional cash over the counter channels to digital retailing. And by the time I left, you couldn't actually buy a ticket for any of the products or services offered that wasn't sitting on a technology platform within my PL. On that journey, I could see the amazing amounts of payment innovation that was happening, the emergence of fintech as a sector, the rise of new and alternative payment methods, but they were always out of reach to us due to the risk and cost of change. There was nothing out there that seemed to sit on the side of the merchant wanting to help solve these problems. And with that, I had the option to build at once where I was or to jump out of the corporate aircraft, enter startup land and build it for the whole market instead. What you've been talking about is the fragmentation of payments. Now, the interesting thing to me straight away is that you're not a technologist as such. You don't come from this with a technology background. You also don't come to it with a financial services background. You're representing, if I can put it this way, the user, the merchant. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that was one of the the, the challenges that we've seen on this journey was really anybody that was playing in the space was working as, you know, a new payment method, a new startup, the rise of the alternate payment methods coming out with PayPal first, and then the rise of the payment processors like Stripe and Agen, et cetera. But really what I was seeing was a, a lack of solutions sitting on the side of the merchant to help understand and integrate uh, effectively with, with all of that choice. Well, this is where, I guess, the payment orchestration platform comes in, because as a merchant, if I'm presented with all these different ways of accepting payments, there's a cost involved, there's confusion involved, and it's not going to be something I understand necessarily because, you know, I'm a merchant, I'm a seller. Whatever those goods and services are, that's what I do. I'm not a technologist. I'm not a financial services expert. So is this what the orchestration platform does? Exactly. So nobody wants to to build out a payment specialty within their business, but more increasingly, actually, payments is is an area that has not really had the attention as maybe potentially suboptimal within organisations and not had a torch shone into that corner. And really... It's about businesses being able to, to gain access to and build a, bre- a best of breed payments landscape using a technology platform that sits on their side of the fence, allowing them to gain that greater level of agility and control over the payment experience for their customers. You come on to the, my next point, the payment experience for the customer, because it's not just about the merchant understanding what's going on and being able to offer these payments. It's about a consumer being able to complete his or her transaction, whether that's as a business consumer or a a private consumer, how complex is it going to be for them? Or can you make it simple? 
Payment orchestration makes that simple. So that that is the rise of complexity and the rising expectation of consumers that they want to be able to buy their goods and services 24 by 7. So they want to buy it when they want. They want to pay for it in the way that they want to pay for it. That's really adding to, the, if you like, the, the, the complexity and the burden on the, the, the businesses, the sellers, to be able to react and respond to that quickly. So with a payment orchestration platform on your site, a single integration now onto a service like ours would then open up all of the opportunity to gain access to new and alternate payment methods to switch them on and off as quickly as you would like to. There is a fly in the ointment and the fly in the ointment, as far as I can see, is that of failed payments because payments do fail. It's either sometimes because a consumer walks away in disgust, not necessarily physically, but particularly from an e-commerce transaction because they've got too many hoops to jump through and it's too complicated for them, or the payment fails for whatever reason. How easy is it to keep track of all this? Because I might, as a a merchant, think I'm doing awfully well and then suddenly get turned around and clobbered by a, a, a boatload of failed payments that immediately hit my bottom line. Absolutely. And I think that's, for, for me, the, the new bottom rung of the ladder, if you like, on the payment stack is actually having a, a multi-processor, multi-acquirer arrangement and being able to use a payment orchestration platform to automatically detect and reroute failed payments so that in real time, with no intervention by yourself as the merchant, as the business, and certainly with uh, sight unseen to the, to the consumer, uh, the, the payment will be retried in a few milliseconds and hopefully should go through successfully second time round. That then helps protect online brand and reputation, the consumer experience, and ensure that, that their hard-won and hard-fought loyalty is still available to Well, I have numbers here that tell me that 65% of merchants don't receive detailed failed payments data. Surely this is a key business metric that they ought to be able to have. Absolutely. I think it's a fascinating area that, that is really underserved. There's lots of data in this digital age, but there's very little information and it's very hard to surface. And particularly if you're relying on the third party who might be not wanting to lift the lid on on what exactly is going on in the payments landscape, it maybe is not best in their best interest to do so. You know, using an independent payment orchestrator who watches and manages every payment that flows through your retailing channels and then as an independent being able to surface that data as really good insight into the performance of your landscape. So perhaps you really want to to, to understand that routing payments of certain value to a certain acquirer is the best way to do it, you know, and then being able to actually make that happen in real time. Well, I'm going to bring in another hackneyed phrase now, the death of the high street. Is there something that physical retailers should be doing with their payments processes that is going to help them stay in being? Payments are certainly changing. And I think the payments landscape, uh, we see new ways for the sort of traditional cardholder present, if you like, the the bricks and mortar stores, the way that they're looking to change some of the innovation, particularly around, you know, shopping for for groceries, etc., where uh, perhaps you don't need to queue in a traditional way to, to pay at a till. You know, those are actually really looking to 
move away from that cardholder or present relationship to effectively an e-commerce cardholder or not present. And I think that will, I think physical interaction in stores, being able to see and touch goods is still going to always be an element of it. But where I see payments changing is a change in the in, in the, the interaction and the payment type. So making it more of a cardholder, not present experience, even though you're in store. You talk about a cardholder, not present experience. What about the kind of thing that's now been trialled by the likes of Amazon, where I just walk in, pick up goods and walk out. That then turns it into a cardholder not present, so you're not physically handing over your card. Your card details are stored electronically, and then the payment is triggered by a technology platform in the background. And, you know, these are the types of solutions that we're starting to see become more common in, in the high street. You know, we work with a partner where a, we're, they have a scan and pay product where the, the, the customer uses their own device and starts a, a, a mobile web application that allows them to, as they're going about their shopping, to pick up the, the, the products, to scan them on their own mobile device. And at the end of that, you know, build up the basket and hit pay there. So even though they're in a physical retailing store, they're actually buying it as if it's an e-commerce transaction and it's a cardholder, not present transaction. You keep using this word cardholder, but the time is, I, I guess, coming fairly quickly where the card itself is going to disappear. Absolutely. And, and apologies for maybe using some language like that. It's, it's, it's maybe baked into me a little bit too much, but exactly, exactly right. That is, all of this is becoming more and more virtual. And I do see that the, the, how the language will have to migrate is to more recognize that we just want to process payments. And it, we just, we don't really care as consumers what happens, how that magic happens in the background. We just want it to, to, to work the way that is most convenient for us at the time that we're doing our, our, our purchases. Well, you say that as a consumer, but the, it's equally true for the merchant. This is, we, we started off talking about the fragmentation of, of the payments landscape, but the merchant wants it to be simple as well. The merchant wants to complete that transaction just as much as the consumer does, wants to get that money into their accounts just as much as the consumer wants it to leave their accounts so they can have the goods and services. This has to be like a swan, I guess, gliding along in stately fashion on the surface with the money changing hands and the goods changing hands. But it sounds to me that what you're talking about is an awful lot of furious pedalling underwater to make that happen. Absolutely. And as a payment orchestration platform, we do that pedaling. So the merchant can glide serenely, getting on with their business, servicing their customers in the best way and letting us take care of all of that energy that needs to happen these days in the payments world. Brian Coburn, Chief Executive Officer of Bridge, thank you very much.